This is the MyMac Podcasting Network. Tech Fan 39, I'm Tim Robertson, and we got feedback, feedback, and more feedback, plus some stupid things David wants to talk about. I'm not stupid, you're stupid. And it's tech fan number 39. I'm Tim Robertson, stewing in my own juices. It's very hot, even with the air conditioning and the overhead fan. So if you hear extraneous noises today, it's because, well, it's hot and I don't want to be hot. So I've got a lot of cooling things going down. And David Cohen, it doesn't help that I'm sitting here in front of a big 27-inch monitor that's just radiating heat at me. Uh, one of the problems with those aluminium cases is they uh, they kind of project the heat a bit like a radiator. They absolutely do. I mean, they're great computers, don't get me wrong. Um, and I think I would rather have this. I had a choice. I could have bought a Mac Pro, um, but I decided to go ahead and get the 27-inch iMac. It was the most powerful at the time. It was the one right before they came out with Thunderbolt, of course. Um, but I don't regret yeah. the purchase at all. It's, it's a great machine. It, and it does get a little warm, yeah. but... What are you going to? It's not this hot most of the time outside. No, it's and it's nothing compared to what they used to be like. So, what was you know we didn't we talked a little bit about Botswana last week. Uh, what was the weather like down there? It was a see when I think of Africa, I think oh, it's just it's got to be stifling hot. Well, it is in the summer, but of course because it's summer here in the northern hemisphere, in in the southern hemisphere, it's winter. So actually, it was fairly cool. What's cool? Um, it, well, probably about uh, 18, 19 degrees centigrade, so I guess 60s, 65 degrees Fahrenheit. And that's their um, winter, huh? <laughs> that's, yeah, that's the winter, and there's loads of people walking around all bundled up in scarves and big heavy coats and everything, <laughs> and I was going around in a short sleeve t-shirt, you know. Yeah. It was... It, it was pretty cold, because it's it's also... Um, Botswana's quite, uh, quite desert, so it was pretty cold first thing in the morning. Um, and uh, you kind of really noticed it then, but during the rest of the day, it was it was fairly mild by by our standards. Groovy. So yeah, was, uh, obviously, you know, we just recorded a show uh, Friday, and today's Tuesday. But yeah. I, I, you know, I, I can't do it at the end of the week, so it's almost like an extra episode, but not really. We're just a couple days early, but I, it's kind of yeah. nice. Uh, we're getting back on it schedule. Is, yeah. yeah, we're getting back on schedule. Obviously, I like to do the show when it's you and I. Um, you've done a couple solo ones. I've done a, a couple with other people here and there. But, you know, I, this show works when you and I are doing it. So what the heck? We'll do one back-to-back almost. Yeah. So have you been listening to uh, Guy and Gaz over in the MyMac show? They're doing such a fantastic job uh, as of late. They certainly are. And it, it's, you know... <laughs> I, I'm not going to say they're always wrong, <laughs> but sometimes I'm sitting there listening. I think, oh, they don't know. They don't know that subject. Why are they talking about that? Stop it! But you know, well, that's that's the appeal. Sharing, they're, yeah, they're sharing their opinions, and they do it in a fairly uh, comedic style. Uh, in some ways, the banter between them is is as much fun as everything else they do. You know what? It it, it makes the show. It really does. Yeah. And I think that uh, yeah. it, you know, for anybody who's not listening to the MyMac podcast. Go listen to it. Go download it. Um, 
you know, you, you can use a, a program like Stitcher on your iPhone to, to give it a try without subscribing to it. Just stream it. And uh, I think you'll like it. It's it's a really, really fantastic show now. It's definitely not the MyMac podcast that I used to do or that David used nope. to do. But I, I don't think that that's a negative. I think that that's a super positive. If anything, TechFan is more like the old MyMac podcast, David. And that's the good thing, really, is that all the, I think all the shows on the network do something a little bit different. And, um, of course, that, that's what makes it interesting. It wouldn't be good to hear the same type of show by the same type of people back to back, particularly if they're talking about the same topic. So the fact that we all do different things and, and have a different style, I think, is a positive. Yep. And I do like talking about the other shows on the network because, you know, I, my job as the, the, I guess, the owner of the network is to drive traffic to those other shows. But I'm not going to produce any shows that I don't believe in and I don't like myself. Geekiest Show Ever's relaunched. Um, you know they've got a, a number of episodes now under their belt, and Justin and Travis is doing a great job. In fact, last week you were telling me that you really enjoyed it. I do. Yeah. Um, again, I really like the dynamic between the two guys. Uh, you can tell that they really uh, enjoy their subject matter, and um, they kind of because they're because they're related, they kind of play off each other in a very different way. They obviously. They know each other very, very well, and they've been podcasting together for a while now. And that really comes out. I find it very entertaining. Um, it's actually one of the highlights of my week listening to this show. And the fact that they do a show pretty much dead on every week is also, for Geeky Show Ever, that's, that's a real novelty. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I posted up on Twitter today that if you're kind of a geeky blogger and you're looking for a new home, you know, we've got com and... Honestly, right now, David, it's just a repository for the show itself. Uh, that's where you go to find links yeah. and that sort of thing. And it's good for Google searches. You can find it that way. So we get a lot of listeners, new listeners. You know, they'll do a, a, a search in Google, and that's one of the results that come up. So that works good for us. But I'd like to be able to do something more with the site. So if anybody out there is kind of a, yeah, I don't want to say geek, but it, it's a geek, but in the good sense. You know, I mean, we... I'm a geek, David, you're a geek, you know, we kind of rule the world nowadays, the geeks do. And and if you're looking for a place to blog about geeky topics, video games, movies, um, technology, whatever it is, and uh, you're just looking for a place to do that, send us an email and uh, we, we can chat about that because I think the site geekiestshowever.com could be a lot more than what it is right now. Yeah. And it's uh, feedback at mymac.com. Speaking of feedback, David, we got some feedback on the last show. Quite a bit, actually. Oh, yeah. In fact, it's been a bumper week for feedback, really. And, you know, the, um, the funny thing is we, we were talking last week that we don't really go after feedback on the show. <laughs> and, yeah, and, be careful what you wish for. Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> and then we get a whole bunch. So let's go ahead and get started. The first one is from John Nemo. Yeah, he's uh, he says... Um, Tim, I also have a new iMango X, and I'll be reviewing it for the Pocket Size podcast and possibly my Mac, for your information. When you read the manual, you'll learn there is a plastic plate with a foam, foam blob on it, plus individual foam pads that together support and position your iPhone, iTouch, or iPod so it's flush against the clear plastic for easy use of device controls for playback and selection. In iTunes, the EQ makes a real difference in audio. We lost you there, David. Yeah, performance with iMango X, which would me. Yeah, sorry, I'm in the office and obviously yeah. uh, not using a... the uh, internet here for real work. Yeah, not a problem. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, so, um, so, so yeah, I did see the plate. 
Um, I didn't use it in that little test. I, literally, the first time I used it was right then on last week's show. I actually I haven't touched it since. Um, yeah. It does have that auxiliary input. So last week after we recorded the show, I was playing some audio for David, and I plugged it in so he could hear it over the microphone, and it worked quite well for that. I'm sure the EQ will help a lot. Uh, but all, all being yeah. told, I wasn't disappointed in it, especially for the price point. Uh, it it yeah. sounded pretty good. The, see, the only problem I have with EQ is that I don't find on the on the um, iPhone and the iPod Touch it's a particularly easy thing to adjust. You have to go through a whole load of settings menus to get to it. So I don't want to be fiddling with that because if you take the thing out of a, a dock where you've adjusted the EQ and then using headphones, it's going to be wrong. Yep. So uh, for me, I prefer to have a you know a sound that kind of bears up no matter what you know whether you're using headphones or whether you're using the uh using the speaker set really yep now nemo also had something to say about our netflix conversation yeah he, he seemed to think we were kind of dissing the netflix dvd service which I, I didn't think we were um but anyway he says there are millions of mostly older than you users of netflix who really care about selection which is about which is much larger on the dvds than it is on streaming and who regularly use D- regularly use DVD Netflix as their primary movie source, filling in the gaps between shipments with the much much smaller selection from the streaming library. And I think that's a fair point. I, the point I would make is that I think what Netflix have done now is they've um, they've reflected that in the pricing and the fact that for some people the streaming service has equal value to the DVD service, and now you're paying the same price for each. And if you value having both, then you need to pay. Um, more the same price for both yep um and and that's that price if you want to say you know before they were getting dvds for an extra two dollars on top of streaming which let's face it, it's not going to be sustainable um no if, if you get if DVD, you get three or four a month at that price that starts eating to their profits big time because they got to mail these things out true. they got to mail them back you got to process them yeah it's not an easy and plus you have to warehouse all these i mean warehousing all those dvds i'm sure a lot of it's robotic and an arm will move and grab the disc and bring you know but still that's not yeah that's big, not a small thing a big overhead and um i think the fact that you'll now be paying the same price as the streaming service should mean that the dvc service stays around for longer because um yeah i heard that netflix have kind of broken the company virtually into two so they've got one business division doing dvds and the other doing streaming and that's probably a sensible move and reflects the fact that they want to not be dividing their time between two services now but actually want to each one needs its own team to manage it so hopefully john um you know dvds on netflix will remain around for a good long while to come yet but that being said i think that just looking at where the technology is going streaming is obviously um their future you can get netflix streaming on a ps3 an xbox 360 an apple tv uh, a wii your computer your iphone your ipad most of the android tablets i mean that's just there's some televisions with it built in now that's just the wave of the future that's where netflix rightly i think sees this industry going i think you're going to see less and less people wanting physical media to watch and if they do it's probably because they don't have sufficient bandwidth to stream which is totally understandable but i I don't think netflix can sustain those users indefinitely and Uh i think it's just going to be the way it's going to have to go for them 
they're going to need to go to streaming only. And I yeah. don't have a problem with that because that's the that's the service I like. But I do get John's point. Not everybody has a a big pipe to stream content. They, they want the physical media. That's right, and and I would imagine as well that that you wouldn't see if Netflix removed the DVD service until the streaming service was able to offer much the same sort of choice in terms of selection of movies. Yeah, and that's really not their choice. That's these agreements that they have with the movie studios. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, it's not like they stream these things for free. <laughs> you know, they, yeah, exactly. for every one you stream, they're paying that movie theater a small percentage. So it, it's an interesting, I, I wouldn't personally want to be um, stuck in, in DVD only land. And I don't think Blu-ray has much of a future, David. I think that, you know, because no. they offer the Blu-ray as well. I, I just don't see Blu-ray as being that big of a deal. I really don't. The problem, is, yeah, the problem is, is to to play Blu-ray. You need a Blu-ray player, obviously, and um, I but, think a lot of people aren't bothering to buy the players. But that being said, though, you I've know, seen if, players for fifty bucks now. Yeah, but if you're going to spend fifty dollars on a new TV device, what are you going to buy? You're going to buy a Blu-ray player, or you're going to buy an Apple TV, or a, a Roku box, or something like that so you can get access to netflix for instance i think most people when they're making that decision are, are, are going for the streaming boxes so i think blu-ray is really um in, you know under real real attack from that side I, i'm totally over physical media at this point if someone gave me a dvd that i didn't have i would simply rip the dvd put it on my apple tv uh in my itunes as well and that's where i would watch it from i i simply don't yeah. watch discs anymore um, no, and and you know, I, while I was away, obviously I had a lot of chance to watch um, watch content. I was watching it on my computer, I was watching it on my iPad, uh, and to me it was a far superior experience. The only time I turned on the TV in my room was when I wanted to watch uh, the uh, Sky News service. Everything else I was watching uh, on on devices I had with me. Yep, and uh, it's just the know. wave of the future. Yeah. Uh, and in fact, even on the aircraft on the way back, uh, I was I was fine business class. I had a fairly big, good quality screen for the uh, on onboard video service, but actually, I prefer to watch stuff on my iPad. Yeah, it's more personal. You you get to pause it when you want to, and you got to get up and use the bathroom. The choice is obviously yours. What you want to watch, you're not limited to what they're giving you and forcing you to watch. Um, and let's be honest, that the screen on the iPad is just brilliant. It's it's oh yeah watching movies or television shows on the iPad, even if it's 16 by 9 so you get the black bars on the top and the bottom of the screen, it's just brilliant on the device. Yeah, in fact, I'd say it's probably the... Um, it's better even than on a... Not, not so much on a, on a MacBook Air, but uh, on a... Uh, certainly better than the Windows laptop. The screen I've got on that is, uh, is nowhere near as good as on the uh, iPad. But the flexibility of the iPad, I mean, is so much better than the MacBook Air. Now, we both have the 11-inch MacBook Air. It's got a great screen, much better than the iPad. But if I have a choice, I'm probably going to watch it on my iPad simply because, you know, I can lay down with it. I can use it in the bathroom. I could I, Wherever I'm at, the iPad. And you can't really do that with a laptop as easily as you can an iPad. You just can't. No, and also the iPad will last an entire 12-hour flight, whereas the laptop won't. Well, the MacBook Air with the solid state will, will go pretty far, but it's not going to go, you know, 12 hours. It's no, no. possible way. Uh, we also, I think not. Yeah, another advantage is the iPad's much easier to charge when you're on the move, whereas the MacBook is not. That's right. I hope that changes eventually. 
Yeah. They, they need to make it even easier to be able to charge up these devices. Um, yeah, I'd like to see the MacBook Air be able to charge up a USB device. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe the iPad charger, which is gives a little bit more juice out. If that would charge the MacBook Air as well, that'd be fantastic. So uh, one of our other discussions was on Google+. And yeah. um, you joined Google+, Plus after the last show. I did. Uh, I got a stream of... Um, a stream of email messages actually telling me that stuff that people I knew was was happening on Google Plus. So I, you know, I figured I'd I'd dip in. Now you see, I'm not a Facebook user, so kind of I went to Google Plus, and it took me a little while to figure. I, I think the interface is horrible, mm-hmm. really unintuitive. I, I totally turn- agree. I, I've heard just the opposite from some people. They love the circles and stuff like that, but I I can't stand the the interface for Google Plus. It's it's not intuitive. Um, yeah. I, I, it took me five minutes just to figure out how to send someone an invite because someone asked me if I can send them an invite to Google Plus. It took me five minutes. Yeah, it's and I'm post. I'm trying to post stuff and I'm typing the box. I'm hitting return, hit return, and I'm thinking, well, what button do I press now so we get it to actually post? It, it's completely poor. It is. But um, as a service, kind of in concept, because I'm not a Facebook user, um, it has. I must admit, it has a little bit of appeal, but. The downside for me was that, uh, you know, I started using it, and then I started receiving, inf- I think you posted some stuff on Facebook, so I started getting email about that, and I'm thinking, well, I don't I don't want to then come out of Google Plus and go to Facebook. That's right. I don't want to, go to come out of Facebook and go to Twitter. You know, I don't want to be dealing with three or four independent islands of social social networking service. So for me, Google Plus... Is, is good, but I need to pick one and stick with one and uh, close the account on the other, really. I, I can't, certainly, I can't see anybody who's got Facebook wanting to have Google Plus as well, unless you could link the two together. Um, and even with Twitter, I mean, if, you could, if you could link Google Plus to Twitter so you could use either or, I, to me, that would be a, a much stronger play than it is at the moment. I totally agree. I did upload some photos uh, from past Macworlds going all the way back to 2000 up to Google Plus. So if you want to connect with me at Google Plus, I'm up there. Just, I guess, do a search for Tim Robertson. I think I'm uh, my Mac there as well. So you could find me. Yeah. We did get yeah. some feedback. The first one's from, of course, Gaz. We're going to talk about him yeah. again uh, here on Tech Fan of yep. my Mac fame. fame. So uh, I said fame. So, <laughs> yeah. He's, so, he's, so, so Gaz says, so far I agree. Yes, just yet another place to go and have a look to make sure you've not missed anything. At this point, it's enhanced facebook and i don't like all that all that much we'll stick with it for a while long and see if it gets any better and they i think if they think it will replace twitter well no chance yeah 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 i know i'm a miserable old git that's me but actually like most other people we have lives outside of the computer <laughs> which, is, which is a good point yeah you know what i was i was struck the other day i was sat down with my wife having coffee one saturday morning and this family came and sat down next to us in starbucks and literally uh there was a a mother and three children and all three kids were on their smartphones two blackberries and an iphone and they're all there you know drinking and and kind of you know lit the face lit up by the glow for the phones and, and the mother just looked at the three of them and went you lot are so sad you know i i was at i was at a mall not too long ago in chicago and there was you know you go to malls and you see a bunch of teenagers and a bunch of the teenagers are walking through in big groups <laughs> i swear most of them had their ha- in their hands a smartphone, most of them an iPhone, but I saw a yeah. couple of HTCs and stuff like that, um, and a couple of really old cell phones, which is quite sad actually. 
and they're all texting and stuff. I guess that's what they're doing. I'm not sure. I you know I didn't get right up on it and look at their at their screen, but they're in a big group. There's five of them, and they're all looking at their phones, walking down the mall. It wasn't the mall the social place to hang out. It was in the '80s. Um, yeah. I know it wasn't the '90s, but now it, they're they're physically together, but they're having conversations on these devices. I wonder well, if they were talking to each other. Or whether... <laughs> what a doubt it a bit, not even a little bit. Uh, Rick Stringer piped up with, uh, and he says uh, he's it's Google Plus has been winning him over. He particularly likes the circles. So far, I've been having fun, um, and of course, let's not discount the fun factor. If you have fun doing something. Isn't that all that matters, really, at the at the end of the yeah. day? So I don't discount that at all. No, no, definitely not. And, and um, I've been having fun exploring it. It just seems very shallow to me. There just doesn't seem to be enough anything there for me to, to spend more than five minutes at a time. And by the same token, I feel exactly the same way with Facebook. Uh, if I go on yeah. to Facebook, I don't spend more than five minutes at a time on Facebook... You know, I'll scroll down a little bit, see what people are posting. If there's some interesting pictures or videos, I'll watch that real quick or look at that. And then, boom, I'm moving on to another site doing something else. I Maybe five minutes at a time on Facebook. Of course, I hit it, you know, six or seven times a day. So I guess that adds up to close to, what, half hour, an hour a day? But yeah. But even that, I mean, it's, it's, it's most of it. And I hide a lot of stuff on Facebook. I mean, if anybody's playing a game, I will hide that game immediately on Facebook, so I never get those posts. Um, but yeah, most of it is just, "Hey, I took Amy to the dentist today." Oh, okay, great. That's yeah. My life's richer for knowing that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, there is there is a lot to it. I mean, a lot. Most of the people I follow on Twitter are people who are not really talking about uh, what they do or how they're doing it, but they're kind of just kind of commenting on life in general it's almost like having a conversation in the pub or something like that and i try to use it the same way um i often get a lot of feedback on twitter from from people who follow me you know sort of uh, talking about some of the things that I'm, I'm pointing out i tend to use it for observations about the tech industry and then life in general but rather than saying well now i'm doing this now i'm doing that yeah um but I, I guess that's you know that's just one way one way you can use it. I don't think there's any right or wrong way you can use these things. Um, Google I Plus, I think it, it needs more people on it, and um, it's going to need more people to actually use it more before it becomes interesting. It's very empty at the moment. Yes, uh, we got another feedback yeah. on our Google Plus conversation from listener Greg Ball. He said, "I just listened to Tech Fan number thirty-eight. Your comments about Google Plus, I agree with, uh, in that it's for tech press for now." There are such are some advantages over Facebook in that there is no game invites from Farmville. But with all my family and friends on Facebook, uh, I can't see them switching from Facebook to Google Plus anytime soon. I totally agree, Greg. <laughs> no game invites. Yeah. I'm so sick of those. Uh, I never even respond to them, so I think people just finally figured out that I don't play games on Facebook, so they just finally left me alone. Um, but yeah, I, David, I don't see anybody switching from Facebook to Google Plus. Anybody besides, you know, the Scobles and the Leo Laports and the people like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, you know, I know it's been really bigged up in certain quarters of the uh, tech media over the last couple of weeks. Um, we'll see how it goes, but you know, it does need to. It, it does kind of remind me of, you know, when the iPod was out, somebody launching. You know, like Creative launching a new MP3 player, it, it does kind of 
very smack much of me too yep i totally agree and uh i did get some feedback on my comments on leah laporte and robert scoble i'm not going to get into those right now uh no. i think that's a, a bigger subject for another day um so but i did get those i did respond to those the person that sent that specifically knows yeah. so yeah I, I think you know going back to what we were originally saying i think you've got to remember a lot of people have vested interests or particular opinions and proclivities and it's very important in our view that they actually um make make sure that those are clear to the people who are listening we that's certainly something we try and do we don't try and hide our uh, particular favoritisms under a under a bush or anything like that absolutely not uh the last feedback before we take our first break here david is from phil paxman uh old time listener going way back to the mimac days he listened to me on uh, owc radio and now of course here on tech fan so again thanks for listening phil we really appreciate it uh and go ahead david uh phil says my aunt brought me final cut pro 10 for my birthday wow that's a that's a nice present yeah i know very cool aunt yes very <laughs> I tried cool. to import, yeah i tried to import some video on the jvc everio that i have and it doesn't recognize the camera can you give me a couple of good ideas on some video cameras that will export files that final cut pro can use this is all new to me so please be patient now there is uh, an easy way to figure out what cameras will work with your final cut pro if you go to help.apple.com slash final cut pro slash cameras you do have a drop down you can look at the manufacturer it will tell you whether your camera works with final cut pro x or not which is very helpful um, to find that, I just looked up in a Google search, Final Cut Pro X compatible cameras, and that's the first link. Um, a workaround that I suggested to Phil, and he was already doing this, was actually import your, your camera footage into iMovie. And then export it from iMovie at full res, don't, you know, don't compress it any. And then from that export, you should have a movie file, MOV, just import that into Final Cut Pro X. Yes, it's a workaround, but it's a cheaper workaround than going out and buying a brand new camera. Well, I've got another one for you, actually. Uh, um, the Averio actually records a kind of... It, it's in MPEG format, but it, it has a slightly um, odd header. So apparently what you can do is use MPEG Stream Clip, which is a free, really great video program that's free, that will actually convert the files to something that will go straight into Final Cut Pro. Um, so you might want to you might want to have a look at that. That's stream clips at uh, squared5.com. As I say, it's a completely free program, and all it will do is it won't take long because all it's doing is changing the headers around the MPEG file. Um, so it, it won't have to completely re-encode everything. So basically, what you can do is you just drop your files into, the, pull them off the camera, drop them into a stream clip, and just export them out as MPEG4, and you should probably find then that will go into Final Cut Pro. It's a lot easier and a much more elegant solution than mine. Well, the only caveat to say I've not, not actually tried it because I don't have one of those cameras. So, uh, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> if yeah. it doesn't work, Phil, let us know and we'll think again. So okay. with that, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. I was listening to a podcast and it was long. It was just so long they kept talking. I went for a five-mile run and still they kept talking. The podcast was long. I rode my bike for 20 miles. Remember the last time you listened to a podcast and they just kept going and going and going? Remember how you mowed your lawn and they were still talking? Remember how you then went for a five-mile jog and they were still talking? 
You then rode your bike for 20 miles, you helped the neighbor rebuild his engine, you waxed the car, you washed the dog, you washed your neighbor's dog, and they still were talking. Hi, I'm Scott from Pocket Size Podcast, available at MyMac.com. You will never have that experience with us. We're all about short. We're all about pocket. We're all about the short pocket. We're Pocket Size Podcast. We're about Apple iOS devices. If you like iPhone, iPad, iPod Touch, you'll love us, and we'll love you too. Just not for a very long time. Find us at MyMac.com, the Pocket Size Podcast. And we are back on Tech Fan number 39. I'm Tim Robertson. Yep. He's David Cohen. David, you I had am? you had some, uh, and I call him stupid at the beginning, but of course that's just for humor <laughs> at the beginning of the show. Yeah. But you did have some really good topics, and I particularly like the second one about solar yep. panels. Why, why don't we all have solar panels on the roof of our houses? Cost. I mean, well, that's really what it's come down to. They, they still, it's still very expensive to produce solar panels. Um, but why? Well, because uh, the, they, we've they, never they, got they behind of, it. No, no yeah, country but, but, has really got behind it. What I don't understand is, is how come it's taken all the fuss about climate change and everything now to get people to start looking at this more closely? Now, I've just been into a desert country, right? And the place is literally... All it is is all day, every day, sunlight. You know, they, they have hardly ever ra- hardly ever rains there. And yet they have brownouts because they can't generate enough power. And yet it's one of the sunniest places in the world. And I'm thinking this is ridiculous. You've got vast tracts of land that have nothing on them. And you could, you could generate all the energy we need. It's just f- literally falling out the sky. And instead, what we're doing is digging stuff up off the ground and burning it. I mean, it, it just sometimes I think if you were a kind of an alien species and you came to this planet and saw what we do, you go, "God, these 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 creatures are mad." Yeah, yeah, I I, I totally agree with you. I'll take it. You know, you said why don't we have the shingles on top of our house, for instance? Why aren't those made out of solar panels? I'll take it a step further. Why can't we come up with the technology? for our roads that are also solar panels yeah why can't on on every single now look i was reading this uh this uh i wish i could remember i found it through flipboard um instead of wind turbines it's these it looks like giant blades of grass i guess in a way and it's just a big pole that sways back and forth and the friction when wind blows it is what produces the electricity, right? And, of course, underneath it feeds to a big battery. But the thing is, you could put these really close together because as long as they don't touch, the friction that one makes while it's moving will disturb the air, and that will make the next one move. So they actually work better when you have a lot of them all together. And it also cuts down on accidental bat and bird deaths and stuff like that. And they look a lot better. And they put these LEDs on the top of it, so you could literally walk through a forest of these things uh, at ground level. You're not going to, you know, it's they're not going to hit you or anything. They're huge, um, yeah. but they look really cool. Why don't they start putting those everywhere? How about on every single street sign they have one that goes an extra twenty feet up in the air? Yeah. Yep. I agree. Going down the highway, put those up instead of barriers, or put them next to the barriers. You put those up going right down yeah. the street. I mean, you could put these kind of things anywhere. Solar panels. Uh, I, I wish I could remember what these things were called. Um, 
wind turbines is a great idea, except they take so much space. So I think this is a much better idea. Uh, there's a there's uh, there's a lot of people who don't like wind turbines. They they're not particularly. A, oh, there's a there's a really big wind turbine farm that was put up near me, uh, in Manchester. They're not particularly attractive, particularly for the the kind of very big ones they build now. Um, they don't obviously don't work when it's not windy. Um, and also, uh, that apparently they can create quite a lot of unpleasant low-frequency noise that, if you live near them, is isn't really very cool. Whereas, uh, the the kind of point I was trying to make is that every house has to have a roof on it, uh, yep. and every roof points up to the sky. Where even on an overcast day, you're going to get light coming out of it. The fact that we don't literally cover every, you know, upward-pointing surface with solar panels boggles my mind really and and you you, the re- you said cost but the reason it's so expensive is because nobody ever puts them up if we all had roofs made of solar panels they'd be dirt cheap because they'd be made in such massive volume and i think we're gonna have to go that way because it seems crazy if you think about oil all that actually is is solar energy anyway yep because you know that's that's energy that was absorbed by plants millions and millions of years ago, and then they get crushed and turned into oil, and the hydrocarbons then get burnt. It's actually solar solar power, just a a really long and inefficient and pretty dirty way of doing it. And that's um, sustainable. Well, of course not, because it's only a finite quantity. We're burning it far far quickly than than the oil's getting made. So to me, I, I just it just amazes me really that we don't have. Um, just more of this stuff, and, and I would imagine that over time we will do. Well, you know, right now, obviously, the the economy in the United States is just terrible. Uh, I don't think it's much better in uh, most of the uh, the Western world. It's just no. it's just a bad economy right now. And these things work in cycles. Eventually, it'll come back around. It always does. I know a lot of people are freaking out right now because their home values are well nothing, but. You know, it, it's going to turn around. Your house will become valuable again. These things always happen in cycles. That being said, it, if the governments of the world really wanted to put people back to work, I think this would be a great way of doing it. And yeah. well, yeah, put put a lot of unemployed people back to work, building these energy farms. And what kind of dividends would that pay twenty years from now? You know temporarily all these people are working they're making money they're keeping their homes they're putting food on the table that's great people who work are generally healthier than those who don't that's great it gives them a self of uh, self-worth they're they're making money they're providing that's great but long term i think the benefits are even greater it gets well, it, us it, off uh, fossil fuels exactly oh not only that it gets each country off importing fossil fuels yep you know, every watt of energy, you know, Britain. Britain's very dependent on gas. We used to have our own gas fields. We've kind of used them all up now. So we're importing 60% of our gas from the continent. It's Most of it's Russian. It's costing us a fortune, and, and gas prices have really spiked over here the last three, four years. Um, you know, the U.S. imports a hell of a lot of oil. All of us import a hell of a lot of oil. Every watt of energy generated from a solar panel does not have to be generated by burning imported oil or, or imported gas so it actually is the more you put up the quicker you're going to benefit the economy because the overall economy will not be importing as much foreign goods that's right and that's good for uh, you know, look yes i'm sure russia needs that money but this isn't this is a project that would last 10 to 15 years it's it's gradual 
which means yeah. it's not such a disruption to them immediately, and they get to adjust. They get to make changes. Yeah. There's not going to be wars fought over this. Um, in so, fact, so, if anything, this would stop a lot of wars in the future. So here's, here's, my, here's my commitment here on this podcast, Tim. The roof of my house is south-facing, so it's facing the sun most of the day. All right? I'm going to look into getting solar panels to put my roof. We've been looking at that as well, my wife and I. Um, it's really not practical because of the cost for us right now. Uh, we've kind of always been waiting till the, the price drops some. Yeah. But we're also looking at the possibility of moving to Chicago within the next year or two. So I don't think yeah. I'm going to do it on this house, but you know, I'm not going to go green to the point where I'm off the grid. But, you know, because I'm a realist and I have high energy needs, let's be honest. Yeah. Uh, but that being said, I'm very conscious about it now. I really am. When I was doing my uh, my stint for OWC, they have this huge wind turbine right outside. And they're pretty much off the grid, off the power grid. They produce their own energy. In fact, they produce so much, they sell it, actually, they sell it back to the energy company, which is great. So they're sharing in the wealth. But inside the place is, you know, it's just amazing the the green initiatives that they've gone through to make that a better business um, as far as the green. But here's the thing. You don't really miss anything. Yeah, that's the thing there. You're, you're not you don't sweat in there. They have air conditioning. You know, it's it's not like you're walking on floors made of hay. <laughs> you know? it, it's a very, very modern building. And yet it's it's got the top ratings for being green. So if a company like OWC can do that and they're a high tech company, we could all start doing a little bit that at home. Yeah. You know, I think, uh, I think Apple needs to start building, uh, solar panels behind the screens of all their iMacs. Well, you know, how much heat is this iMac generating right now? Is there a way for them to cost effectively be able to, to take the heat that this computer is generating and, and repower this machine? I don't know. I don't think there is. I think I think waste heat is a big problem, and uh, even in data centers, they unless you have kind of a building right nearby that needs heating, it's very difficult to actually do anything useful with it. Unfortunately, once it's been converted to heat, it's kind of lost. The trick is to make sure that that as it's as the electricity being used, it's used as efficiently as possible, so that you don't generate as much heat as you would otherwise do. And when you think about it, yeah, this this machine does kick off some some heat. And you top, touch the top of the screen behind it in the back, it's quite warm. But for yeah. the computational power of this machine, how much RAM it has, how big the screen is, when you take all that into consideration, it's really not generating a whole lot of... Sorry, I dropped something here. Yeah, I dropped it again. Let me get that before... There we go. It, it's not really generating as much heat as you would think it would. It, it, it's well, generating a yeah. lot less heat than an old CRTV that yeah. I used to have. I, I mean, this is the thing. I mean, you know, the original... I, I had tower machines when I was kind of into PCs that were using 400, 500 watts. Easy. And they weren't really doing anything. Um, you know, yeah, what's an, an iMac now is probably, what, 60, 70 watts maximum. It's about the equivalent of a light bulb. Yep. Um, and, uh, you know, hugely more powerful than the machines of old. So, so we have we are a lot better than we were, but Having said that, you know, everything could be better. And if, if it was powered by sunlight, you could leave that thing on all the time. Yep. You, know, you wouldn't need to turn it off or put it to sleep when you went out of the house. You could just leave it on because it wouldn't be, uh, it would be just using effectively free energy. 
So we uh, we're gonna take one more break, David. Come back. We got two more topics to talk about, and we'll be right back. Hi, I'm Luke Skywalker, Jedi Knight and friend to Captain Solo. Are you lonely? Is there a girl you've had your eye on that you want to hook up with, but she doesn't know you exist? Well, for $99.99, the Luke Skywalker Jedi Council of Love can get you that girl that you want, but even more desperately need. The way we do this is by meeting with you in secret. During this meeting, you give us a name, location which the target can be found, and a picture of the target. We will then send one of our many Jedi to first hunt down your girl of choice and then use our Jedi mind trick to make the girl of your dreams a reality. So call 1-888-JEDI-LOVE or visit geekiestshowever.com for more details. So put those days of mastering the Force choke behind you by getting in touch with the Luke Skywalker Jedi Council of Love by listening to the all-new Geekiest Show Ever, Wizard! And we're back, David. Uh, two of the other topics that you uh, wrote down for today, I, I really like the third one. What happened to the hi-fi separates industry? Yeah. So, you, did, were you into hi-fi when you got Oh, up? God. Oh, God. Didn't I, did I ever get into the story about why I started my Mac in the first place? Well, was it because of hi-fi? I wanted to uh, hone my writing abilities. Uh, I knew I could write, but... You know, unless you're actually doing it. Eh. So I yeah. wanted to get better at writing. As such, I thought, you know what? I'm going to start doing this thing. I was going to use this application called DocMaker. And that would allow me to send people or upload uh, essentially a magazine. The the way it's, it looks like on your screen is the way I created it. And that was a big thing in 1995. You didn't yeah. need an application to open this. This is not something that I did in Word. But I wanted pictures. I wanted uh, the text formatted correctly. And DocMaker would do that. Yeah. And essentially, you would use DocMaker Builder to build your document. Um, and then when you saved it out, it was technically an application. So when other people would open that application, it was the magazine. The reason I wanted to hone my writing abilities, David, was to for one of two reasons. I either wanted to be a comic book writer... And I still kind of have that passion a little bit, but it's not the way it was before. <laughs> and uh, I, Or I wanted to write speaker reviews for Stereo Review Magazine, which doesn't exist anymore. So, yeah, the separates... We should probably go back and explain what the separates are and what you mean by that, David. So, um, when I first got into music, you had... Uh, this was, what, uh, early 80s? You had two, two, three ways of listening to music. You either had a kind of a boombox type system, an all-in-one thing that, that kind of played tapes and radio and that sort of thing. You could get a kind of a MIDI stereo system that was kind of a bit more like a grown-up boombox with separate speakers on cables and that sort of thing. Or you could go the whole hog and you could build a system out of hi-fi separates. So you would buy an amplifier. Uh, a dedicated amplifier with inputs on the back. You would buy dedicated transport mechanisms like a CD player or a tape recorder a deck or a, a radio tuner or a, a you know a record player, an LP a turntable. And then you would buy a separate set of speakers that you would wire up into the amplifier and turn it into a, a music system. But the, the advantage of the separates model was that you could buy each individual piece 
separately um, to make sure that you got the optimum quality that you were looking for. And for your high-end audio files, that was what they what they did. And you could spend anything from, you know, a few uh, sort of fifty dollars for each individual piece up to many, many thousands of dollars for real exotic. I, I mean, some of the stuff I remember seeing, you know, turntables with glass platters on and you know special cartridges that with held the needle that had particular special responses and preamps and you know i mean it was a whole kind of geek industry really i was one of one of the early geek industries because you know there's an awful lot of rubber chicken over that as well you know did, oh, you, have ox- did you have oxygen free you know um, cables solid and... solid core speaker <laughs> cable and you know having 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 kept not having cables running parallel in case you got crosstalk between them and all sorts of weird as you know spiked speaker stands to give optimal uh, diaphragm response and speakers all sorts of stuff to try and get you know something that that notionally was better than somebody else of course it's all subjective according to the ear of the listener but uh yeah you could spend a lot of money back then on uh, on on that sort of stereo equipment and you know what I haven't seen it for years now. Yeah. All, all the stores that used to sell it, yep, I, I, they've gone. either gone out of business or they just sell TVs and, and uh, movie systems now. Yeah, I think the separate industry is all but dead. Um, and I think what happened was, and, and this is conjecture on my part, I, I don't know. Uh, I haven't done the research. But I think what happened was the all-in-one systems that you get um, gave you basically two things in it. They gave you... Uh, the tuner, so you can turn into radio stations and stuff like that. But and they also give you a really good amplification with a lot of inputs. Specifically, David, um, center channel. It gave it gave you surround sound. Yeah. So what happened was people stopped listening to music on their home system as opposed to listening to soundtracks from television and and movies. So instead of buying a really good pair of stereo speakers they were buying seven speaker systems and the music just didn't sound as good but you know what the movie sounded great the television show sounded great and let's be honest most people aren't listening to music they're watching tv or watching movies so that became kind of the thing i think the vcr and the dvd kind of heralded this change at the same time of course in the early aughts i guess you'd say um mp3s became a thing and instead of listening to music in the living room, people started listening to music on their computer because they were MP3 files that they downloaded illegally off of wherever. Yeah, Napster. Napster, exactly. LimeWire. Yep. And people started ripping all their CDs into their computers and iTunes and the equivalent on Windows. And they got used to having this compressed music that didn't sound as good as the original, but you know what, they could have a thousand songs at their fingertips initially. And then the iPod came out, and eventually it was released for Windows as well, and iTunes, and that became the thing. So I think it was a combination of the two. I don't think it was just Apple and the iTunes or MP3s and Napster, but it was also the change in the home theater system in that people didn't want great big giant speakers next to their television. They wanted you know, five or seven speakers. They wanted the subwoofer. They wanted a center channel. They wanted two rear speakers and they wanted two front speakers. So I think that had as much to do with it as anything else, David, that the habits that people had to listen to music simply changed. I don't think you could point to any one thing as the fault. 
Yeah, I, I guess so. I think the, the kind of weird thing is, it's hard it's hard to understand what kind of drove that social change. I, I mean, I completely agree with you. I have a, 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 it's not a separate system, but I have a fairly good stereo system at home, and I don't think it's been turned on in about four years. Mm-hmm. Um, all the music I listen to now, I listen to on one of my iDevices, and it's in the car, or it's on a set of headphones. I can't remember the last time I, I apart from, you know, having the radio on while I'm, you know washing the dishes or something like that maybe i can't remember the last time i actually sat down and you know listened to music as an activity in itself rather than an adjunct to something else yeah but a lot of that changed what we used to do yeah well that's what you used to do before you you were married and had kids (laughs) 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 and also that for us there's there's a different reason that you know we're not spending a thursday night for two hours listening to dark side of the moon um, you know, with the lights turned out and a candle burning, you know. Yeah, but you know what? When, when I was a student, I went to boarding school and then I went to university. And when I was a student, it, you, you know, it was it was quite comical on the first day of term because you'd see all these guys turning up either in their own cars or in their parents' cars with these, you know, these huge numbers of boxes with the stereo systems and everything in, and and you would never, you would never be. Uh, in college or in, or at boarding school without having your stereo with you and now I know for a fact they don't do that anymore, they turn up with an iPod and a crappy set of speakers you know, at, at best a, a decent dock for their iPod and, and yeah, I understand it's all more convenient and, and easier and that sort of thing, but we've probably lost something along the way because I, I have a strong suspicion that an awful lot of the music you buy nowadays is has been engineered by the producer knowing full well that you're never going to listen to it on a decent stereo system. Yeah, and, you know, it, it could be that we are losing something, but most people didn't have that audio snobbery that I think you and I probably did, David. I mean, for the longest time, I wanted a Nakamichi Dragon. I don't know if you know what that is. Uh, a Nakamichi Dragon. Oh, yeah, I remember. Yeah, it was a cassette tape that when you hit the reverse button, so it plays the other side of the tape, instead of the tape head moving over and the tape literally going backwards, the front of the cassette tape, uh, the deck itself, would come out, a little yeah. robotic arm would switch the tape backwards, you know, turn it around, turn it around yeah. and it would go back in and start playing. And it was the coolest damn thing in the world. Whether it actually played cassettes any better than, you know, a cheap cassette tape, uh, a cheap tape player, I, I don't know. But it was the coolest damn thing. Nakamichi was was one of the top brands. Mm -hmm. And I I see they're still in business, but what do they make nowadays? Yeah, NAD. Oh, guess what they make? They they make make an iPod dock. (laughs) You just did a search? (laughs) Yeah. They make a thing called My Sound Space, which is a a stereo music system for the iPhone and iPod. So now instead of the tape popping out and you hit shuffle on your your ipod it literally shakes the whole dock so it looks like it's oh, shuffling that, that'd up. be funny if a little finger came up and started <laughs> swiping on your iphone to uh to shuffle the track it's got a, it's got a remote control so when you go to the next song uh, it's got a remote control for the dock itself a little arm comes out and pushes the next song button <laughs> yeah it's it swipes it oh my god that would be so funny but we, we sh- you know what we should get in touch with them and find out what these things are like um, because that would be really interesting is whether because they Nakamichi were always high end high end uh, audio they were um, whether you know whether what they've done with the uh, you know with with the iPhone 
bearing in mind that they, you know, yeah, they still they still do some separates, but they look not, nothing like the separates at all. I used to love the fact that I had, I mean, none of my stuff matched. It was all different colors. It was yep. all different sizes. Um, but well, the nice no, thing I, is, you I could thought... save up. Let's say you you start with the the amplifier and the speakers, and that sets you back a couple thousand. And then you could save up and get a really nice cassette deck, and then you could save up and get a really nice turntable. And then the yeah. DV, or, and then the uh, CDs came out, and you found out quickly that an expensive CD player and a cheap CD player sounded exactly the same. <laughs> so, <laughs> but yeah. you, you'd get a decent one just because you didn't want the you know the Krako or you know whatever the generic brand is. You still wanted Pioneer or Sony or something NAD, even though it, it didn't really sound any difference because CD CD and. Uh, yeah, I was the same way, you know. I, I had a TAC this and a Ankyo that and but by the same token, David, in some respects we still have it. It's different now. Now you have I have an amplifier and that controls the speakers. Then I have a switcher underneath that for my HDMI inputs, which is the PS3, which is the Apple TV and uh the Xbox. It had the Wii in there, but I just I moved the Wii out of there, so I've got yeah. an empty spot. Um, and then I have a uh, what else do I got? Um, oh, and my cable box. So I still have components, but it's just not the same type of components that we used to yeah. have. But I, I asked around the office, and I know three or four people who kind of uh, have those sorts of systems. And I said, when was the last time you listened to music to it as opposed to watch a movie? And none of them had Mm-mm. ever. No, I bet anybody listening to this that was into separates back in the day, I bet some of them still have it, but when's the last time you listened to a cassette deck? When's the last time you really listened to a CD? I bought uh, the Depeche Mode Greatest Hits CD, and I, mm-hmm. it's because I needed a CD. I wasn't anywhere close to home, so I stopped at a store and bought this CD. I don't remember why now. I think I was doing a test of something. Um, and it's been in my car CD player since I bought it. I think I listened through one time and that was it and i i don't buy albums anymore i buy songs you know yeah and i buy them electronically the last album i bought was the psychedelic furs the greatest sets yeah and and probably the best stereo system most people listen to now is the one in the car because most people have a better stereo system than the car they have anywhere else well, in the 90s, a weird thing happened, and, and car audio really came to its own in the 90s, David. Um, yeah. And you remember the big boom cars, and they're, they're still out there, but not to the extent that they used to be. But what was really great about a car sound system is you could really design it because you knew where people would be sitting. You knew yeah. that this person was going to be sitting here. So you can really create that center stage right there. So it sounds like the music really is coming right in front of them, right behind them you could control it perfectly the, yeah the conditions were optimal so i know a lot of people who were into separates in the 80s and part of the 90s but in the 90s they kind of jumped over to car stereo because that became the fad yeah but i think nowadays most people are just as happy with a, a halfway decent audio system at home that's just you know the surround sound they're happy with the factory stock sound system in their car because let's be honest, most car sound systems right now, factories sound pretty damn good. Yeah, certainly, you know, they kind of the lousy head units and the cardboard speakers used to get kind of, you know, glued to a cardboard door panel seem to have disappeared and now they, they're a lot better engineered. 
Yeah. So I think a lot. I think those are the factors why why the separates industry went away. I think if you asked a company like Nakamichi or NAD, um, I think they would probably give the same answer. It was a combination of factors. Yeah. Just our listening habits changed. So we're approaching an hour, David. We could go a little longer if you want. We could talk about this last subject, or we could save it for another show. Let's let's save it for next week because I've uh, I've got a train to catch. So great. Uh, don't know your way too late. Great. Uh, we will be back next week with another show. Um, I know I don't know if people care or not when we record. They're kind of looking forward to when the next show is, David. Um, yeah. I'm pulling up my calendar here in uh, Google. Everything is Google nowadays, it seems. So let's go to next week. And next week is the... Wow, it's, we're already approaching the end of July. End, end of July, yeah. This, I don't know if it's just me or what, but this has been a very fast, fast uh, month. Uh, we're going to run yep. into the same problem next week as we did this week. I'm working uh, pretty much the entire week. I'm thinking maybe the beginning of next week, if that works for uh, you. Yeah, I'll. Well, I'll have to see. I'm on. I'm on vacation next week. So okay. Well, I might do a. I'll to, yeah, I'll have to see where I am. Whether I can. Uh, I can do a show with you or not. We would love to hear your guys' feedback. Uh, send out any email to feedback at mymac.com. We're still looking for people to call our Skype number. Join the show. Leave your your comments. We'll play it right here on the show. I don't know why people are hesitant to do this. I know they uh, they don't do it on the MyMac show all that often either. But just pick up your phone, dial 1-801-938-5559. It's in the show notes, so if you're listening to it on an iPhone, uh, if you uh, you know look at the show notes in iTunes or, or on your iPhone, you'll see the phone number there at the very bottom. Yeah. You'll also find it at MyMac.com. Um, just look for Tech Fan, and you'll see the phone number to call. It's one eight zero one nine three eight five 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 nine. We'll play it right here on the show. You got anything before we're Sounds out of good. here, David? No, I think that'll do it for this week. And uh, I will uh, see you guys next week. <laughs> <laughs>